Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny with you back in better than ever as we roll along into this holiday weekend. And again, just in advance, wishing you and yours a very safe, healthy, happy fourth. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And as you heard um, mentioned there, we will have PJ coming up in about a half hour or so. Here on the Goodyear Hotline, uh, certainly we'll talk about the NBA playoffs with him, which have been sort of a rough go in so many different ways. Uh, just the nightmare that it has become from an injury standpoint. And then I'm told that he called uh, the guys he wanted to get in on the name, image, and likeness conversation hmm. that we've been having. So we'll talk with him about that. I wonder how, to what degree people, he's now so associated, PJ, with the NBA. People may forget, guy was a great college coach. Had Seton Hall in the national championship game really lost on a questionable call in overtime in the title game to Michigan. That was the the pre-Fab Five group. That was the Michigan team that won with Glenn Rice and Ramil Robinson and those guys. 89, I want to say it was. So, so PJ's got some interesting thoughts on that, and we'll get to it. We opened with the NBA playoffs today, and what I basically said was, I'm frustrated because I love this stuff. And it's become so difficult to watch and to get into it because you're not seeing any of the best players and there's no one to blame. Like, I don't blame anyone. The the compressed second half of the schedule, I don't accept that as a problem for two reasons. One, they did what they had to do. Two, I don't think it's the reason for most of these injuries. The compressed second half of the schedule didn't have anything to do with the way Giannis landed the other night. It didn't have anything to do with Kyrie Irving turning an ankle in traffic. It didn't have anything to do with Trey Young stepping on the foot of a referee. It didn't have anything to do. I mean, Kawhi Leonard gets hurt all the time. Anthony Davis gets hurt all the time. I can't sit here and tell you the compressed second half of the schedule. Davis didn't even play the second half of the season, and Kawhi load manages all year. So I don't think those guys were exhausted. So I, I, I'm not blaming Adam for any of that, and I'd be the first one to do it. I, Lord knows I've gotten my share of, you know, back and forth with those guys over there with the things that I disagree with. I don't disagree with this. They had to have a season. You don't just give all the money back. You have a season. So I have no problem with them jamming as much as they could into it, and it was what it was. You live with the results, and I'm not sure these are the results. I think what we are getting is just extremely bad luck. I think just at a time when they could least afford it because of where everything stands, you've just had a postseason where you've had unprecedented injury. The most All-Stars ever to miss a postseason game in a single postseason is six. I want to make sure that I'm making that clear. You understand, in any one given NBA playoff season, the most All-Stars that have ever missed a game in that postseason is six. This year we've had 10, and that doesn't include Trey Young because he didn't make the All-Star team, so it's really 11. It's almost double the number that we normally that we've ever had before, the maximum we've ever had before. So unless Hembo or Nuno or Bubba, anyone wants to tell me I'm missing something, I think it's just incredibly bad luck, and I'm just sitting here mad, and I have no one to be mad at. And you don't think there are any modifications they could make to the playoffs that could change this? You think this is just a stroke of bad luck that 10 different guys over the course of the last month got hurt? I do. I mean, Look, what modification are you making to the playoffs that Trey Young isn't stepping on the foot of a referee? If, you, if that game wasn't played, if the, if, the, if the first round game was the best of three and the second was the best of five and the third was the best of seven, just as an example. Now, it used to be that way. No, I mean, yes, obviously you're going to have fewer injuries the fewer games that you play. Right. But the NBA has now made, built a, itself into a place where the postseason is so overwhelmingly. Look, what, what Hembo was bringing up, and we mentioned it earlier, May 21st is when Steph Curry's season ended. 
Steph Curry hasn't played a game since May 21st. We haven't even gotten to the finals yet. <laughs> the finals, I think if they go the maximum, I think I have this right. I think game seven would be July 21st. Do I have that right? I think, it, I think that's right. I think July 21st is, is when game seven would be scheduled for. And that would be two months exactly since Steph Curry played his last game. And he played in the play-in tournament. So you got guys whose seasons ended like May 15th. And, and there are others who are going to be playing well past July 15th. So it's just, I get that it's long. But I think what, one of the things that has historically made it great is that it's long. Like, I'm old enough to remember when the playoffs were not nearly this long, when there was one less row, when they were best of three in the first round, when it was best of five. So I remember all of that. Was that better? What I like about this is that the grueling nature of it does give you a fully legit, satisfying champion every year. Like the champion. So this one year, maybe we're going to look at it and say, well, they would have won and they would have won and they would have won. But at least it is the team that survived the gauntlet. Like part of winning a championship is getting to the finish line. And if indeed it is Phoenix and they wind up beating the Lakers without AD and the Suns, excuse me, the Nuggets without Jamal Murray and the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and the Bucks without Giannis, so be it. Part of the game, I guess, is getting to the finish line healthy. What if you gave them like a week, 10 days off between the regular season and the playoffs? Would that help anything? I don't know. Like, I, don't th- I don't know. Like there's so much. In a normal circumstance, like the playoffs, that first round stretches itself out so long. What if we played 10-minute quarters? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not changing that, obviously. We're not, we're not making changes to the game. Mm-hmm. Could you change the playoff structure? Sure. Yeah. Nuno, would you be in favor of changing the playoff structure? No, because... I don't think, again, as you've been saying, we talk about like these injuries for the most part haven't been based upon the fact or because it's been so condensed. You know, the schedule's been condensed. It's just been freak accidents, right? It's Kyrie's going up for a rebound and Giannis gets in his way. Like, it's that type of thing. I think the why you're probably angry, and I think, and just thinking about it too right now, is you have the Bucks Hawks. Normally, it would have been a great, you know, a great story if they beat healthy teams to get here but now we're dealing with teams who we don't really want to watch and now we're watching without their stars like that makes it worse i think Mm. that's why we're you're so a little angry at yourself i'm all good i'm not angry at myself let's be clear this is definitely not my fault (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, yeah yeah. no as i said earlier the worst thing in life to be is angry at yourself the second worst thing is to be angry and have no one to blame and i think we're angry here and we have no one to blame i'm happy to see milwaukee getting there. I think it's wonderful. I've said many times, I think it's wonderful when stars like Giannis stay on their teams in small markets. It, 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 is, it makes the sport stronger. It is the, is the fence that is only as strong as its weakest link. Chain. You almost got it. I almost had it. I can never get that right. But the point, you know what I'm trying to say. But the Bucks without Giannis, not that much fun. The Hawks without Trey, not that much fun. So, that's where we stand right now. Meanwhile, one other thing. The Scoop. The Clippers fall short. Kawhi Leonard's future, I think, will become interesting. And if you're wondering, is it worth going out and trying to get a great player? Well, just consider the Phoenix Suns are in the finals in their first year with Chris Paul. The Miami Heat made the finals in their first year with Jimmy Butler. The Toronto Raptors made the finals in their one year with Kawhi Leonard. Nuno, do you want Kawhi? I would take him because I do think he's a a cultural changer. How'd the culture work out the Clippers this year? Like, what, 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 what part of the culture Again, do you think? 
injuries, right? Like yeah, but last year they got knocked out way before they were supposed to and 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 the whole world But was I have more of an asterisk. I would give put more of an asterisk on what happened last year versus this year. Because of the bubble. Because of the bubble. Hmm, fair enough. That's that's fair. So you want him. If if Kawhi becomes a, a thing and I don't think coming to New York is going to be a thing, but I I've heard Miami, I've heard other possibilities, right? Is is your sense that 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 there will that Kawhi is not a lock to come back to the Clippers is what I'm trying to say. He, he, it's definitely not a lock. He has a player option. Paul George is set there for life uh, practically, and and obviously a healthy and an activated Kawhi Leonard is one of the best five players on the planet. And Kawhi Leonard or not Kawhi Leonard is a ma- massive difference for a bunch of teams. If he winds up being a free agent, it will be a huge story, and I don't think it will be you know tampered down by the fact that he just missed the end of the playoffs. Actually, if you missed the beginning of the show today, we did the healthy bracket which is we went back and replayed the playoffs and gave you a winner of every series if they had been healthy. And our final four would have been Hawks, Nets, Clippers, Lakers, and then we had the Nets beating the Clippers for the championship. If you missed that, or if you missed anything on the program, a reminder, we stream live every single day on ESPN+, Plus, which means it lives all day. You can check in. You can watch anytime you want. Also, we're a podcast. Hashtag Greeny is the name. You can find both shows posted every single day as a podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, Next up, it's time for Bubba. We'll do Who You Got right after this. Then PJ is on the way. You need to hear what Jalen had to say today. We are jam-packed. Stay close. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh, yes. Come sail away. That's 100% the theme of the day. I'm climbing aboard their starship and heading to the skies. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, P.J. Carlissimo, shortly on the Goodyear Hotline. Baseball this weekend, two games, Subway Series. Tomorrow, Mets, Yankees, one Eastern, then Sunday night baseball, seven Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney. To open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit, karma, money, progress starts here. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Bubba making his triumphant return from his TWT vacation has got a series of binary propositions for me. And let's see how we do. Hello again, Bubba. Yeah, hello. All right, where do we begin? Let's start with this one because you are off next week and you won't be here for the beginning of the NBA Finals. We're not sure who we're going to get yet. We know it's Suns. So are you taking the Suns either way? Bucks, Suns, who you got? See, that's a, it's a complicated question. This is why this is the genius of Bubba because, um, and again, I should point out that before his career in radio, he had a 
very successful career working at the CIA administering mm-hmm. um, lie detector tests. So he knows how to answer questions that are very effective. If you told me that Giannis, by some miracle, was going to come back and be fully healthy, I would take the bucks. But I think the chances of that are extremely slim. So in that, with that as the uh, understanding, my prediction, Bubba, is I will take in that series the Suns in six. Okay, Suns in six. How about Hawks' Suns? Who you got? I think that only happens if Trey Young comes back and is healthy, and I've really enjoyed watching them play and in particular him play, but I think the Suns are a better team. Um, and so I would take the Suns in that scenario maybe even in five. I'll, I'll make it six just with my heart, not my head. I'd, I'd like to see the series go longer. So I will take the Suns in six regardless of who they play. All right. 17 years ago yesterday, Marlon Brando died at the age of 80. Two-time best actor. A lot of great movies. Who you got as your number one Brando movie? All right. So I really like that question. And I think th- this is going to, I think, upset a lot of people. Because Marlon Brando won an Oscar for and was the star of The Godfather. And I, th- I think that is considered to be, and rightfully so, one of the, the greatest films in American history. And I agree with that. I love that movie. But... To me, that movie is about a lot more than just Brando's performance. He's brilliant, obviously. But Brando's performance in On the Waterfront, I remember being a kid, there was a, a, a revival house. Those don't exist anymore, but theaters where they would show old movies right across the street from where I grew up. It's called the Bleecker Street Cinema. And I loved it. And we would go to the movies there all the time. And I remember seeing Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront and thinking to myself, that might be the best movie I've ever seen. And that is, for, for those of you who don't know, that's the movie where he famously says, I could have been a contender. Um, th- that, that, so I would go with that one. I'm going to go on the waterfront. Not that I think it's necessarily a better movie than The Godfather, but that's quintessential Brando, who might be the greatest actor of all time. That, to me, is his best performance. Those are the two that he won the Oscar for. So I will go with on the waterfront, Bubba, you know, ESPN Radio, who you got? What's next? All right. And what we really should have been celebrating all day today. Today is Larry David's 74th birthday. Oh, the, it, the man, the myth, the legend, LD. Absolutely. In honor of Larry, I'm going to need your favorite Seinfeld episode and your favorite Curb episode. Who you got? All right. My favorite Curb episode is definitely The Jets Killed Carl. Uh, <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know. That's a great one. There is an episode of Seinfeld, in which, excuse me, of, of Curb, in which one of Larry's golf companions named Carl. Is this a spoiler alert? Am I ruining something? Should I? I it's a few years old okay. now, I think. Um, commit suicide, and Larry is convinced it's because he just couldn't take it with the Jets anymore. And, and so he keeps saying the Jets killed Carl. I actually sent him a note after that episode to tell him that I think it might be my favorite episode of any television show of all time. Larry is a huge Jet fan, for those of you who don't know. And so that's my favorite episode of that. I don't know that it is top to bottom the best episode of that. The one where he picks up a prostitute so he can drive in the in the, in the was, car in that lane. I was going to go with that one, I think. He's that's going, such a great one. He, 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 he's going, he wants to go in the lane. What do they call those that you can take two people? You have to have two, a carpool lane. You have to have two people in. And so he picks up a prostitute, so he has a second person in the car. The HOV lane? The HOV lane is what they call it here. I'm not sure they call it that in L.A. It doesn't matter. And, and, and that, 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 the premise of that is unbelievably brilliant. The one where he comes, the one 
where he comes back and finds out that his mother has died and no one told him because they didn't want to bother him on his vacation. That is, if, if you come from my family, you would understand why that's so funny. So many great episodes. But, but I think I will go with the Jets killed Carl just for the sports theme. Seinfeld, it, it's just as hard. Um, you know, the most famous episode of that, I think, is the one um, that is called, is it called The Wager? What, what is the, the one with, 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 with uh, you know, oh, yeah. with the contest, excuse the me, contest, it's called The Contest. Yeah. That, I think, is the most famous episode. I love it, but there were so many episodes. The Opposite George, I love. The Marine Biologist, I love. Um, I'm a big uh, Merv Griffin uh, Oh, where they find... I love that episode. I do. the set. <laughs> Kramer is unbelievable in that episode. That's a great one. That is... We're talking this way. That's a phenomenal um, episode. The one where she's the... Uh, is, is the heiress to the O. Henry Candy Bar fortune, walking around in the bra. I think that one's called The Caddy. That is a brilliant one. But in the interest of moving moving it along, I will pick the contest okay. because I think the premise of that are you the, the are you the master of your domain? The premise of that is so genius and became so much a part of the vernacular. I will go with that one, Bobby. You got more? All right, we got one more. And happy birthday to LD! What a guy! Forty one years ago today, Airplane was released nationwide. Mm-hmm. Who you got is your favorite Leslie Nielsen movie? <laughs> It's got to be that, right? I mean, Naked Gun is a classic. The airplane still holds up. I didn't see it till later in life, and I loved it. I do. Me too. Airplane is extraordinary. We actually just talked about that movie earlier this week, Bubba, while you were on your uh, TWT, because uh, we listed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the number one athlete cameo in a comedy. He is unbelievably good <laughs> yeah. in that movie. I, and do, it, It's still up. I can play it. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. Listen to you. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. I I love it. I love it. So that's got to be number one. Leslie Nielsen, my favorite Leslie Nielsen movie, has got to be the original Airplane. Great fun. Great stuff. Bubba with Who You Got. Outstanding. Greeny with you live, as always, from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Uh, PJ Carlissimo next with his thoughts and Jalen Rose's thoughts on the three... New most important words in sports. You'll hear them next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Previously on Greeny. When I first heard the TWT, I thought uh, I thought Bubba's an idiot. But the the more I've I've considered it, this might be genius. Revolutionary, baby. It might be. Bubba with the TWT here, our weekly rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. 
Again, the TWT, he took off three days this week. They were Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I'll repeat, the genius behind them. What days were they again? They were Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mm. The genius behind this is that if all you're looking for is delightful days, then you're off Saturday, Sunday. Then Monday kind of feels like a Friday because you have all these days come up. So that's delightful. Then you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Then Friday is a Friday, and you have Saturday and Sunday off. So on some level, the TWT turns into nine consecutive delightful days. Green, we need to tell our TV people, they didn't fix the issue. It still says TWT on the topic bar and not TWR. No, I'm not having this anymore. You cannot sidetrack this into your inanity that there is some suggestion that Thursday should be, uh, should be shown with an R and that Sunday should be shown with a U. And I'll say again, we are doing a show meant to be consumed by human beings and there is not a human being alive who does that your way. Meanwhile, let me get to business here because I'm going to run out of time. Um, first, I need this word from California Almonds. I got Jalen waiting. I got PJ waiting so from california almonds 30 seconds here to remind you that if you want to be your best whether being your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet to do what you're going to need some help your teammate to tackle anything and everything and a handful of almonds have six grams of plant-based protein and are an excellent source of vitamin e and magnesium it's the snack you need to keep your head in the game and your body energized so whether you're going for the gold or another round of bingo refuel with almonds california almonds own your every day Every day. The Scoop. All right, the Scoop is the three most important words in sports right now, our name, image, and likeness. Things are changing like crazy right in front of us. I'm seeing stories yesterday about college athletes doing $25,000 a year deals to do radio interviews. I'm reading a story here. Master P's son, who was an athlete, just got a $2 million marketing deal. We're about to see the world of college sports as we know them forever and completely changed. Probably, in my opinion, in most ways for the better, but there unquestionably will be ways in which it will not be so. One of the people I most wanted to hear from on this is Jalen Rose. And it astonishes me, but sometimes I feel like I need to remind people in the audience who aren't old enough to know that Jalen Rose was first became famous because he was on one of the most famous college sports teams of all time. The Fab Five, these five freshmen who came to Michigan together, became the first ever Fresh, all freshmen starting five in NCAA history and ha- did it with a swagger and a style that completely changed the game as we know it. Um, made it to the NCAA championship game as in their first year and their second year. Then Chris Weber went pro and Jalen and Jawan Howard and the, the other two guys, Ray Jackson and Jimmy King, came back for another year. They're the Fab Five and they are the stuff of legend. And not only were they never able to capitalize on all of the ways in which they influence the culture. But in fact, their, their names and everything has been stricken from the books because of NCAA violations and more. There's no banner signifying what they did at, at Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor. Uh, they're not in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. None of them have their numbers retired. So the wonder is, will all of that change now? No way to know yet. But Jalen and I have had, I've known Jalen Rose a really long time. And we've had a number of really serious heart-to-heart conversations. We've talked about his dad. We've talked about so many things. But the Fab Five is something that has eaten at him his entire adult life. And so this was a monumental day. I couldn't wait to ask him how he felt about it all. So I want to play you two sound bites from him on Get Up this morning. First, he talked about 
the Fab Five and the influence they had in his view. It's not just about the records. For me, it's about the acknowledgement and the respect that we brought to the game. And I see conversations being had about who would have profited the most. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all see those Hirachis we wearing? They was getting paid yeah. off for those then. They re-released them 20 years later. They just re-released some. Y'all see those black socks that we wearing? They weren't selling yeah. those. The first time we was wearing black socks, we went to the mall. They only had three pair. I was wearing dress socks on top of white socks, okay? So when you talk about profiting, we showed the world that they can make money off of everything, off sleeves, off elbow pads, off headbands, off of all of that stuff. So where my check? Where my royalties? So that was Jalen this morning, and you heard that voice in the background sort of cheering him on. That was Vince Carter, okay? The legendary Vince Carter, who came to college right after the Fab Five and was basically saying, yeah. We all wanted to be you. Vince Carter acknowledged walking around the campus of North Carolina in a pair of baggy Michigan shorts and says he still has them to this day. That's the Fab Five. And then I asked Jalen, how about the acknowledgement? There's the money piece of it, and then there's the acknowledgement piece of it. And this is what he said. It would mean everything to me, especially while Jawan Howard is the head coach of the team. See, one of the things I decided to do as an adult, I was going to let any pain from my collegiate experience go once Jawan became the head coach at Michigan. I've been a season ticket holder sitting at a Michigan basketball game, looking up at the rafters, knowing that two banners that I have earned aren't even up there. I get the chance to watch Big Ten basketball each week and see players get their number retired. And I know our haters going to say, well, y'all didn't win the championship. Hey, stupid. You don't need to win a championship to get your number retired or to be in the Hall of Fame. And our group deserves both. Uh, That's for sure. And and I will make the point that there's no point in having a college basketball Hall of Fame if the Fab Five aren't in it. They, They are among the most famous people Ever. So, do we have PJ ready to go? I, I wanted to get into this. I'm, I have PJ Carlosimo, who's a, a become a great friend and is um, as good with the basketball stuff on the court as anyone, but I'm, I'm really interested to hear this because, again, I'll remind people who only know PJ for his NBA tenure, PJ was a hugely successful college basketball coach before that, took Seton Hall to the national championship game and got screwed on a call that probably would have, caught, would have won the championship one way or the other. He didn't say that. I did. But one way or another, PJ, thanks for taking a few minutes. How are you today? Excellent, Greeny. Don't tell Jalen who that team was we played in the championship game, though. Oh, I, I remember it. Glenn Rice and Ramil Robinson <laughs> and everything else. And so, so you know, look, you and I go back to all that stuff. But, but I, my understanding, and I'm thrilled, is, is that you heard part of the conversation and you wanted to get in, and I'd love nothing more. that you're, The floor is yours. What is your perspective as a longtime college coach on name, image, and likeness? Well, it was just, I'm, I'm for NIL. There's no question about that. There is way more good to it than bad. Uh, I will say this, and then, and then I'll just – all I wanted to do was make the average fan aware of some facts that I think are just uh, not there. Let me start with them. It probably makes more sense. I, I did. I coached for 23 years in college. I was also an athletic director for five of those years, uh, four at a Division One school, Wagner, uh, one at a Division Two school at the time, New Hampshire College, now Southern New Hampshire University. And the NCAA is not the group of people that now work in Indianapolis, used to be in, Can- in Kansas City, Overland Park. Uh, all the rules in the NCAA are made by the schools. You know, everybody always says, well, the NCAA legislated this. All those people do is administer the rules. 
uh, Emmert and all the people you know over the years, even going back to Walter Byers, they don't vote on any of the rules. The rules are all made by the colleges, by the athletic directors, by the presidents, uh, by the conference commissioners, whoever the voting people are. Um, that's one, you know, I, I think big misconception. People said the NCAA voted. It's the schools themselves doing the voting. Um, secondly, uh, the majority of Division One schools, their biggest source of income is the NCAA Division One basketball tournament. And when that's administered around the country, not the big schools, the schools in the big conferences, they make money off their TV contracts, off attendance and things like that, the power conferences, if you will. But all the other schools, it, it, the vast majority of other conferences, their biggest source of income for their athletic department is their share of the Division One basketball tournament. So when that money gets administered out, it goes to the conferences, and they run the, the various conference tournaments in all sports during the year, and then they pass the money on down. And a lot of the scholarship money, a lot of the travel budgets and money that these various schools have, their biggest source of income is the Division One tournament. So that NCAA money is going back to the schools. It's not going to Indianapolis or to, to the NCAA, that entity that everybody talks about. Um, they administer uh, all the rules. The other thing that always bothered me, Greeny, is when they talk about NIL and they talk about the student-athletes not getting anything, the biggest thing they forget is every time I sat in the living room and every time, is it Pat Fitzgerald or, or Chris Collins, every time they, you're writing checks. I know, I don't know what it costs to go to Northwestern, but I'm going to venture a guess. It's over, it's close to $300,000 for four years. Mm-hmm. Well, every Division One athlete who's a, scho- a full scholarship athlete is getting one of those scholarships that's worth even back when I was at Wagner and Seton Hall, it was $200,000 at, you know, at the private schools. Okay, it's less at a state school, but still, a Division One athlete gets a, a couple hundred thousand dollar scholarship, room, board, tuition, books, and fees, and gets a college degree from that. Like, no one's talking about that. It's like, oh, these poor guys are, and girls are playing. They're not getting anything from it. Oh, the first thing they're getting is an education. That's what it's all about. And when you focus on the one-and-dones and the people that are only there one year, A, that's a small, small percentage of the Division One athletes, and they're not the norm. The norm are people that go to school for four or five years, there's not a limit on the scholarship, and benefit from it and get a degree and get a couple hundred thousand dollars from these schools. So I just say that in terms of, well, wait a minute, there is something else that these student-athletes are benefiting from from going and playing Division One. Now, again, Division Two, II, Division Three, they're not getting scholarships for sure. But I'm pro-NIL, but I'm, I'm a little bit in favor of the NCAA just in terms of saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of good being done uh, in, the, in the NCAA, particularly in Division One, with the scholarships. I hear you completely. P.J. Carlissima with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. That's why I have always, in my own mind, P.J., sort of separated – There's a line for me between paying a salary to the athletes versus allowing them to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Paying a salary gets into a very confusing area because you've got a lot of athletes who are all working just as hard. Many of them are not generating as much money. Are you paying the quarterback more than you're paying the lineman? Are you paying the lineman more than you're playing the swimmer? I've always felt that was a very complex issue. The name, image, and likeness never felt complex to me. It always felt like... If, 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 because this, you know, if the football team wins a big game 
and the offensive lineman walks into a Subway sandwich, and I'm a guy standing in there, and I'm like, hey, great game today. Let me buy you your sandwich. And that kid loses his eligibility because I bought him a turkey sandwich. That's where I've always said something's really wrong. You're right, and that's ridiculous. The the two things that concern me going forward, NIL, I mean, let's be honest. Where do you think the the danger – for boosters, and I know it said boosters can't do it, but we know that's going to happen. Sure. Where do you think kids are going to get opportunities to represent a, uh, you know, do a commercial for a, a car dealership or do? It's going to be at the schools where there's already concerns, and and that you know, I mean, that's the one where there's going to be people lining up to help these players, uh, you know, NILs. Uh, so that that's going to be very. That's why the NCAA is out of it, to be honest with you. That that in that sense. You notice what the NCAA did, let, let the schools deal with it, because the legislation is so different from state to state, what NIL actually means in a particular state. And I'm a little scared going down the line if they ever get into something like, well, let's tax, then we've got to tax these guys for these $200,000. I mean, I know the check you're writing for Northwestern. Let's tax somebody that got room board tuition books and fees. Uh, that's taxable income. So um, it's, it's really a Pandora's box. Who knows where it's going to go? I hope it never goes there. But I'm really concerned what's going to happen in the really competitive Division One conferences, particularly in men's and women's basketball and in football, um, the potential uh, that's going to be there. They're, they already have recruiting advantages, and it's just hard for me to imagine schools other than these schools that you know that sell out football stadiums and basketball arenas and are going to have people lined up to help uh, their their particularly their high visibility athletes with NIL opportunities. I, I, I get be it. Interesting. It, it's it's all for interesting. Sure. You know, and PJ, I I, th- I said the same thing you did, which is. I am totally in favor of this. I think that the good things about it outweigh the bad, but there are always unintended consequences of this stuff, and so we're diving into that, and I think that's a perfectly appropriate place. Let me ask you something, because there's, there's something that I don't know the answer to. So l- let's, let's take three big power conferences, right? You've got the ACC. You've got a school like Duke. You've got the SEC. You've got a school like Vanderbilt. And you have the Big Ten. You have a school like Northwestern. Now, these are, these are uh, private institutions that are competing against these huge state schools in, in these big revenue sports. So they're always competing at something of a disadvantage because, you know, the, for just the, the numbers, the math alone wind up doing that. They're also schools that produce extremely wealthy alumni. And so my question is, at the same time that I can see the rich getting richer, couldn't you also see an entirely new collection of schools emerging based upon the fact that they have wealthy alumni who want to jump in on this thing and could give that program chances that previously it never had. Does that does the question make sense and what is the answer? Yes, for sure. So you throw you want to throw in another school at another power conference, Stanford sure. in of course. In, in the Pac twelve. Right. Uh, no question about it. You know, you're you're seeing that already. You're not seeing it in terms of NIL but it's no accident that Duke's lacrosse is so good or Vanderbilt is so good in baseball or Stanford is so good in t- take your pick 10 or 15 sports that they win national championships in. Um, they haven't been able to Duke has certainly in basketball and Stanford to a limited extent, but they haven't been able to do it in, in the other ones just because the competition is so good. I think they have alums that are trying to help them in the, in the big ones too, the major sports. It's just that the competition in the major sports is just, it's incredible that, you know, for, for Northwestern in the, in the Big Ten or for uh, Vanderbilt in the SEC to compete in those sports is really difficult. Now, you start naming the other sports, 
for sure. And I think with the NIL, and you've got an awful lot of people that, that you know, represented those institutions in, in a lot of the other sports. Um, Duke doesn't need much more help, although it's funny. I was with John Schreier. Uh, my son was playing in a tournament at, at, at Avon Old Farms last weekend, and I was talking to Johnny Schreier, who's going to be taking over. But um, talk about big big shoes to fill, but uh, I don't know that you're, they're ever going to be able to compete. I don't care how much NIL or how many, how many uh, alumni, well-intentioned alumni get involved to, to compete with the, the true power schools in the various uh, major sports is going to be difficult. Uh, Duke's the one that, to me, has been the exception, Stanford at times, but uh, it's very, very difficult. But I think you're right, Greeny. I think the potential for a lot more good from the NIL is there, no question. Um, managing what's going to happen, it's like the transfer rule. The transfer rule is well intended, too. I'm horrified what's going to happen the first couple of years with the transfer rule. I was with more than 100 different coaches at uh, Avon Old Farms over the weekend. So many of them still don't know whether some of their seniors or any of the re- you know, returning players, whatever class they were, whether they're coming back, whether they're going to go in the transfer portal, um, whether guys they are getting phone calls from people all the time. I read yesterday Kofi Coburn uh, is in the draft but not hiring an agent, in the transfer portal, and still open to coming back from Illinois. So like, to be a coach right now, so many of them have no idea what their rosters are going to be like still for this coming for the coming fall uh, semester. So it's um, it's going to be it's going to be the wild west for yep. a while with the transfers. Hopefully, it's going to settle down. NIL, I don't know what's going to happen. Transfers, I'm very confident in um, how disruptive that's going to be for the first couple of years. PJ, I really appreciate your insight into this, as always, my friend. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk next week about the NBA playoffs and maybe more of this if it's out there. Thank you. All right, Greeny, great being with you. Thank you, brother. Uh, that's PJ Carlissimo again with great perspective into this from a, a lifetime spent in, in the basketball world and a lot of it spent in the college world. I'll point out, you know, I, I mean, Northwestern has had not, I'm just not going to say this because obviously it's very near and dear to my heart. Northwestern has been in the Big Ten championship game two of the last three years. So there is a, they are competing on a different level. Duke uh, basketball, obviously off the charts, good. Um, and that is a, a you know, a, a it's a rising tide that has risen all boats. Stanford has had great success at times in college football um, and others. And who was the other we mentioned? Vanderbilt. I mean, they've had a, a, a reasonable amount of success and obviously great at baseball and all that. Anyway, I just wanted, before I start getting the alums of all these places, particularly my own, yelling at me, <laughs> I wanted to make sure those thoughts were on the table. One way or the other, wherever you stand on this. And again, I, I think PJ did a pretty good job of laying out some of the concerns. And they're real. There are legitimate concerns, but nothing is perfect. Like, we don't live in a, in a world of perfect. Life is not a game of perfect. So you choose between the two options, and then you try and manage whatever the downsides are. I'm in favor of name, image, and likeness 100%, and now we just have to manage whatever the downsides are. This was a great day. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Have a wonderful weekend, a very safe and happy 4th, and we'll see you next week right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.